don't look for the needle in the haystack just buy the haystack right my only goal is to earn a decent rate of return on my money so it'll grow over time i don't want to have to read annual reports and 10ks and i certainly don't want to master you know advanced finance and have to be put in a shit ton of work like just give me the market's return bro and i'm still gonna outperform these suckers that are putting in all this work to underperform me Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, the new money podcast, episode 152. How y'all doing? Hoping you are having a fantastic Monday morning or whenever you're listening to this. I hope you're you're feeling good. Make sure to leave those reviews. Spotify. Hey, followers are starting to grow on Spotify. You heard? All right. <laughs> things, things are looking on up and up on Spotify. So leave those reviews. Let's get this thing out there. Let's grow the army, all that jazz. Uh, appreciate you, Apple Podcast. Also, you know, I, apparently I heard something that they're gonna like invest, you know, 100, 200 million into Apple Podcast. Fucking, they better. Uh, we need to get this thing going. We need some, uh, we need some reach. Okay, we need some reach. We need to get some. We need to get this podcast out there. I can only talk about it so much on social media. I hope they can give us a little boost. So appreciate it, guys. So today, what we're going to be talking about is I am just going to compare and contrast the very highly debated topic of investing. Should I should I select my stock? Should I pick individual equities or should I just go with some index funds or ETFs? You know, which which one should I do? You know, you guys probably know my thoughts on this, but, you know, there's there's some nuance to it, right? There is there's nuance. There's there's pros and cons to both. So we're just going to go over that today. So let's just dive on into it, baby. So I just sort of want to ground the conversation uh, with some terminology that, you know, you might not have heard of before. Maybe you're tuning in for the first time or whatever. It's all good. So index funds are pooled investment vehicles managed by a money management professional. They're passively managed, meaning that they just simply track an index that is comprised of a ton of different companies. So what the hell does that mean? Basically, you buy a piece of the stock market pie and that slice is made up of a bunch of tiny little different slices of pie. The best way to explain it is it's like a stock that owns a ton of stocks. Uh, you know, that's more so an ETF. Uh, an index fund is like a pool of stocks and you just get a little slice and it's just this big pie and the pie is the stock market. Um, but basically you're just getting, you know, the whole thing all in one, essentially. You're getting exposure to hundreds of companies, sometimes thousands of companies, uh, depending on the index fund, depending on the ETF, et cetera. So index funds are typically much less expensive than mutual funds, even though index fund kind of is, it pretty much is a mutual fund, but I'm more so referring to active mutual funds because they deploy usually an active management system where they're, they're you know using expertise and research and all this kind of jazz to pick stocks and select stocks and make strategic moves. And so there's much higher fee for that. What's funny though, is that a lot of times broad market index funds outperform actively manage uh, mutual funds after fees and sometimes even before fees, which is, which is crazy. A lot of folks will just probably end up getting an ETF as in Canada. That's primarily how retail investors can invest in an indexed style is through ETFs. The actual index funds of like putting our money into a pool isn't as robust as it is in the US. But a lot of the big, you know, iShares and Vanguard and whatever in Canada, they have their ETFs. It's fine. You just it's, it's not that big a deal. They ETFs. 
like I said, same thing as an index fund. Pretty much, it's just they trade uh, on an exchange, just like a stock. So they're bought and sold. They're just securities that are, you know, changing hands all the time. There's just you know buy and sell price, all that kind of stuff. Whereas an index fund, it's just like it opens at a price, closes at a price. You know, it's it's there's not really the sort of fluctuations. You don't see the fluctuations as much uh, unless it's day to day. You don't see intraday uh, fluctuations. Now, handpicking stocks is exactly what it sounds like. You look at a company, you do an analysis on their potential, their earnings, upside, you know, price to earnings, these ratios, you know, what 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 do they got on the go, who's management? You you if you're really looking to invest in a company, you look at a lot of different things. You do your due diligence, right? So why don't you just get really good at analyzing these companies and buy ones that look really good to you? Well, firstly, it's just crazy fucking hard. That's the first, that's the first thing. But we're going to get into the pros and cons of both. Um, so we're going to revisit that question more deeply. Now, the pros of an indexing strategy, you know, for someone who is investing in index funds, you're getting the market's return, right? You know, there, there might be a little bit of a tracking error, but usually for these you know, Vanguard and iShares and BlackRock, these, you know, broad market index funds or ETFs, like there's little tracking error. And so you're basically getting what the market returns. So last year, 2021, market returned 28 to 29%. Uh, if you had an ETF, you probably got 28 to 9% if you had just like 100% S&P. So you're, you did very well, right? Pulled back now, things are kind of, uh, you know, coming on back on the up and up, but it's a self-cleansing sort of uh, security where, you know, it's just taking the 500 best companies. If you're at the bottom of the barrel gets scraped out and new companies get brought in, that's why you'll hear about uh, companies being brought into the S&P. Tesla uh, is one of the most notable ones in, in recent times uh, that was brought in. And you're getting the market return for doing nothing. Like you're just literally buying the ETF. You're not doing any like whatever, due diligence, whatever. You're just, hey, listen, I'm just gonna buy into this 300, 400, $500,000 a month. Just gonna put it in. Let the market do its thing. I'm long, you know, I'm long America. I'm long the world. I'm long humanity. So I'm long the, the stock market. That's essentially what it is. Because if you're not long the the stock market in the long term, then you're basically betting against an innovation. You're betting against progress. You're betting against all that stuff. And so that's like, why would you, first of all, why would you even want to invest like that where you think the world's going to end? I think the world's going to end. Then there really isn't a point in investing, is there? So if you're going to invest, you probably understand that we're going to grow and there's going to be more and more value over time. Uh, that's a historical trend. It's not for sure. But like I always say, if the world were to end tomorrow, you don't care about your, your bank account or your index funds or whatever, right? It doesn't matter. So, you know, somebody who's investing in index funds is saying, I know I'll miss the full upside of the Teslas and the Beyond Meats of the world and the wonder stocks and the crazy stuff and whatever. But I'll also avoid the Enrons and the WorldComs, which literally went bankrupt. I want to make money from corporate America by becoming a part owner in the whole damn thing, right? Don't look for the needle in the haystack, just buy the haystack, right? My only goal is to earn a decent rate of return on my money so it'll grow over time. I don't wanna to have to read annual reports and 10Ks and I certainly don't wanna master you know, advanced finance and have to be put in a shit ton of work. Like just give me the market's return, bro. And I'm still gonna outperform these fucking suckers that are putting in all this work to underperform me like that's pretty much what an indexed investor 
feels like a lot of times. That's sort of philosophy. Statistically speaking, 50% of stocks must be below average and 50% of stocks must be above average. Intuitively, that makes sense. It's why so many index fund investors are so passionate about passive index fund investing. They don't have to spend more than a few hours each year looking over their portfolio. Whereas a stock investor is looking at individual companies, you need to be so dialed in if you're an actual proper investment uh, investor uh, with single equities, right? The income statements, balance sheets, uh, news, optimism, there's just there's so much around it. It's insanity. Uh, Mr. Market in the short term is a maniac and he moves very Wackly. <laughs> Wackly. I don't even know if that's a word. But you know, a top performing actively managed fund might do well in the first few years. Like you could smash returns in the in a, a couple of years. You know, you could go on like a two, three, four year run where you're just like, fuck the S P. I'm crushing it. I'm in big tech. I'm in this. I'm in that. I'm 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 my returns. I'm doing like 35, 40% compounded, you know, whatever a year you know i had i have a few boys that you know did very 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 well and still are doing well but you know those a lot of not my friends but you know a lot of people who were just like in these crazy high-flying tech stocks got annihilated at the start of this year q1 it was a bloodbath and when indexed investors portfolios drew back about 10 percent their portfolio got cut in half, you know, 60, 70%. Like that's, can you stomach that? A lot of people can't. That's the other side of this too. There's less volatility. And so that is the thing. Like you, you could have a fantastic couple of years, couple of runs, but can you do that for 30, 40 years? We're not Warren Buffett. We're not, I mean, my bias is already coming out with this fucking thing, man. I'm trying to be neutral, but it, it just kind of, <laughs> it try to comes out. I'll try to be more neutral, but a lot of folks aren't going to, grow to be Munger and, and Buffett and all these different legendary investors and the Peter Lynch's of the world. Like it's just, it's unlikely. Uh, it's just such a difficult thing because it's such a emotionally driven thing in the short term. But can you consistently outperform in the long term? That's the question and most people can't. There's a trillion different ways that you can make side hustle money. We talked about Airbnb where you could rent out a part of your home for a short-term stay. We've talked about Turo, where you can rent out your car. Well, I got a new platform where you can actually rent out part of your home for storage. Now, self-storage is actually low-key, a massively, massively booming industry right now with all of this pandemic stuff. Neighbor helps you actually profit off that. Self-storage places, you know, they're needed, but there's a lot of quirks around them. Neighbor can actually help you do a peer-to-peer -peer version of that where you store you know, somebody stores their stuff in your garage and they pay you for it. And so you run your little, you know, self-storage operation. And I'm happy to uh, partner with them. They are sponsoring the podcast now. Uh, so I'm really, really excited. And guys, just another way for you guys to make some legitimate money, literally doing nothing, like very, very passive. So check out the show notes for that. I really hope that you guys check it out because, man, I think I'm going to try it out. Another huge pro to index fund index funds are the, the cost, right? Typically a lot cheaper than actively managed funds or the commission fees that you'd have to keep paying to buying and selling. And, and you know, that's, it's just, you're saving so much money. Passive investments such as index funds and ETFs have extremely low expense ratios compared to actively managed funds. This is another hurdle for active manager to overcome as they have to outperform net of fees, right? There's fewer trading decisions. Uh, it's a one decision investment. Instead of trying to pick the companies, you're just, man, you're buying the index. 
you dodge company specific risk, right? You're basically de-risking yourself from unsystematic risk. Systematic risk is essentially the risk of just investing in the stock market. And then unsystematic risk is things that you can diversify away from, right? So you could, if you, if you, if there's, you know, industry specific risk, like let's say you're an energy or you're in a specific, you know, gas company or whatever, you know, you're taking on more risk because there's more upside, right? Your upside is uncapped, so to speak. But when you diversify that away, you diversify the risk, but you also, you, you diversify away your upside as well. You can only get so high of a return, but generally that's a better longer term strategy than trying to, you know, select stocks. Generally, generally. Even if you guys wanted to get like specific and you think pharmaceutical stocks are a good play right now, but you're not sure which ones to buy, you could buy a sector ETF, you know, an index fund uh, or a, a pharma ETF. Like I have a tech ETF that skews, you know, sort of bigger tech, just to, sort of like a tech tilt, which took a little bit of a hit, but man, we're, we're looking better now. Apple, Apple is in there and Apple's been rocking and rolling over the past couple of days. And I also have a medical devices ETF that buys a ton of companies in that specific, that's more niche. That's like health or pharma, like that sector. And it's sort of like a sub of that, but it's, great. It's been awesome. Uh, I know I'm taking on more risk with that, but that's why it's a smaller portion of my portfolio, right? You got to size your portfolio according to the risk that you're willing to take on, right? I'm not, I'm not putting my entire portfolio in a high risk thing. The majority of my portfolio is a, is a, is a really boring vanilla S&P 500 Vanguard ETF. And then, you know, I have some spicier picks and then I've got, you know, some, I think one of the only single equities I have is, is Shopify. Right. I, I saw this quote uh, when I was looking into this episode, just just digging up some uh, research where index strategies could lead to fewer panic or emotion driven trading decisions leading to better returns. Right. The problem is that most people look at stocks as a way to make money, but people look at index funds as a way to create wealth. If you have an index fund, it diminishes the odds that you will fall in love with a stock, thereby removing some emotion from the investment equation. So that's away from the spreadsheet and more looking at like the, the the monkey mind, the crazy things that we do with investing. And so when we become attached to a stock, there's just so much emotion wrapped up in that. But if we're just like long the market and we're just like, by the way, I don't know if I said this long, but just basically means that like you, you believe it's going to go up. And if you're short, you know, you believe in the future, it's going to go down. So if I say I'm long America, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I think America is going to get better over time. If I'm, if I'm short, you know, I don't know. If I'm short apple pies, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't know. I've, I've heard that sometimes where people will use that as like, a, I like it. I don't like it. I don't know, I'm shorting, I'm shorting pies or I'm shorting, like I'm shorting, um, I don't know that movie last night or something. I don't know. It's really dorky, but yeah, that's, 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 that's what, what basically what that means. So if you're shorting something, it means you think it's going to go down or you might not actually be actively, um, you know, taking a short position, but you, you just, you're bearish on it. Right. I belabored that fucking way too much. So anyway, back into it, guys, there's a, there's a lot of points uh, that I can make about index funds. I've, I've talked about a ton of them, but that's, that's generally it. Little effort gives you market return, difficult to beat overall, very straightforward, you know, something it's a no brainer, but Hey, let's talk about the upside with handpicking your stocks. Actually, no, 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 let's talk about some cons of index strategies and then we'll talk about the pros and cons of the uh, handpicking. 
So some cons with indexing strategies is investment decisions on index funds must be made within the constraint of matching index returns. For instance, if the returns in an index are declining strongly, index fund managers have few options to attempt to limit those losses. Uh, they just kind of have to write it down. In contrast, managers of an actively managed fund have more flexibility to act to find better performing options in the good times and the bad, so they can hedge a lot better. An index fund does not carry the potential to outpace the market the way managed funds can. You can get a fund that does 30, 40, 50% in a good year. It's just something because it's it's more on cap, a cap. It's part of the risk that they're taking on, right? This means if you invest in an index fund, you are surrendering the possibility of massive gains. So yeah, you're capping your upside, capping your downside, essentially. With actively managed funds, they're probably, you know, they're on their best years, they're going to crush an index fund. But, you know, on their worst years, they're going to completely underperform them. So that's just the risk you're taking. It's kind of a con, but it just depends on what you're looking for. You have less control over the holding as a as an investor when uh, you do, uh, you know, invest in index funds and things like that. Uh, you're beholden to whatever the index you are investing in or tracking. Uh, and if you wanted to pivot, you have little flexibility other than like selling it. There is the idea that there may be an index fund bubble. I don't buy it at all. But. Let me keep that aside. What this means is that these funds are just propping up stocks value, making them overpriced and diluting price discovery, which you know basically makes stocks more valuable than they actually are. Uh, so they say, if you don't know what that means, that's totally fine. The argument is beyond the scope of this episode, really. Uh, personally, I, I don't think it has much weight if passive investing gets too influential. Then I just think smart active managers will exploit the problem. Inefficiencies will balance themselves out in the long term and passive investing is a long term technique. But I'm letting my, again, opinions seep in here. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and you know, everybody was talking. I think, you know, Michael Burry said, so, Michael fucking Burry said that it's going to pull back. And, you know, everybody's talking about all these all these people saying that index funds is going to crash the market, bring the market down. The market took a hit in 2020. And index funds were fine because index funds took a, a, a hit back, but like it didn't implode like everybody was saying it would. And every time the market's been pulling back, it's been it's been fine. Like it's and again, people, you know, people are moving it more into active strategies. Active ETFs are growing. Other active strategies are on the rise. You know, people are looking for that. Active is not going anywhere. I'm actively rooting for people to go do more of an active strategy to free up <laughs> passive investing. You know, so it doesn't become too, you know, concentrated, but it is dominating right now. And I mean, with 401ks and pension funds and everything like that, a lot of it is passive. And so, yeah, I mean, we'll see, but I just, I don't really buy that the index funds and bubble and whatever. Like I just, the market's nimble. If there's an inefficiency, people will take advantage of it. Funds will go there. Flows will go there. That's, you know, it just takes care of itself. That's generally how the market works. So some pros of handpicking industries are situations where there is a wide dispersion of returns or instances where ratios and other forms of fundamental analysis could be used to spot mispricing, offer stock pickers an opportunity to exceed expected returns. So there are opportunities out there. If you find them, you get lucky and you're really smart. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Based on your research experience, you could have great insight into how well a company is performing and their outlook, right? Depending on your background, if you're in you know, health or health tech, you could have a really good understanding. Uh, you could really see the future, so to speak, and it could, could make sense. 
Good research can create value-added investment opportunities rewarding you as an investor. The retail industry is one group in which stock picking might offer better opportunities in buying an ETF that covers a sector. Companies in the sector tend to have a wide dispersion of returns based on the particular sort of products that they carry. This might create an opportunity for an insightful stock picker to do well. For example, let's say you recently noticed that your daughter and her friends prefer a particular retailer, right? Like Forever 21 before they got went bankrupt, let's say. Upon further research, you find the company has upgraded its stores, hired new product management staff. This led to a recent rollout of new products that have caught the eye of your daughter's age group so far the market has not noticed uh, this type of perspective in your research might give you an edge and it might help you just be able to seize on it right i think some people seized on peloton they saw the trend bought peloton because they were using peloton 2020 did really well and i hope they got out but they probably didn't and they lost all of it because peloton went to shit. and i don't know where peloton's in right now i'll check it in real time peloton stock let's see mm, yeah still still literally way at the bottom oh my god dude peloton is down 76 percent. so yeah so that's i mean that's what you get you know the high flyers also crash the hardest as well but you know buying undervalued companies you know if you if you if you're able to find them and they that makes sense you're deploying a value investing approach if you calculate that it's significantly underpriced, you're essentially giving yourself a margin of safety. Margin of safety is the principle of investing in which an investor only purchases securities when the market price is significantly below the intrinsic value. In other words, when the market price of a security is significantly below your estimation of its intrinsic value, the difference is the margin of safety. Because investors may set a margin of safety in accordance with their own risk preferences, buying you know, stocks and securities when there's a difference presents an investment uh, to be made with minimal downside risk. Basically, you're giving yourself a cushion and if things go sideways, you're, you're still, you're gonna be okay because fundamentally you've already sort of built that in. But if you, hey, listen, you know how to do real fundamental analysis on stocks you learn how to size up a company, figure out if they're undervalued, or if you're a growth investor, figure out uh, why they're going to outperform and just grow, then you could you could do very well. Uh, you know, abso absolutely. The cons, unlikely to beat the market, right? You're, you're probably not gonna beat the market over the long term. It's much more work, research, due diligence. Who's got time for that? You might, you might not. May have higher costs. It will have higher costs between commissions and. Uh, you know, depending if you're using an active management strategy uh, by just like, you know, investing in a mutual fund that's actively managed, whatever, less diversification, higher risk of losing your money. That's never good. Much more susceptible to emotional judgment, which can really fuck you up. So sometimes less is more, less uh, sort of control over the investments and what they're doing and the speculation is probably best with something like investing in the stock market, uh, public stock market. You know, when you're later on in life and you've done really well for yourself, maybe you could look into angel investing or like, you know, new companies or startups or whatever. And that, and those are those are moonshots too. But hey, you know, you never know. It's sort of like a whole different game in, in and of itself. But realistically, you know, handpicking public equities is very, very difficult. And so I just think that if you want to give it a shot, you can do well. It's hard, but you can do very well. I know people that have done very well and are still doing well, but it's tough because then you get that one that does crap and it just falls and whatever. And yeah, I don't know. So that's why I only have like a small 
very small portion of our portfolio that is single equities and another small portion that's you know ETFs that are more spicy. But then I'm just broad index fund uh, investor guy, like you guys uh, know. And I've only mentioned it uh, 30 trillion times in this episode. But yeah, so that's sort of like what it is. It's tough to beat the market. Uh, so you're probably better off to just go with an ETF. But if you want to give it a shot or you want to do both, I would just size it accordingly and then just kind of go from there. So there you have it, my friends. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Really hope you enjoyed the episode. I love uh, talking about this stuff. Haven't talked about this topic in a long time. Uh, So I really, really hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Be sure to leave those reviews. Let's get Spotify up, 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 up. Let's get Apple Podcasts up, 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 up. I appreciate y'all. Boy, I love y'all. But for now, I'm out this mother. Peace.